Welcome to Season 3 of The Lifestyle Chase, and I'm your host, Chris Little. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. To help this podcast grow, please share it on social media, rate five stars, tell your friends, and check out the past 140 episodes and counting. You can follow me on Instagram at Christian Little and at The Lifestyle Chase. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. So welcome to The Lifestyle Chase. This is episode 144. And I have brought a highly anticipated guest. Honestly, like of all the times that I've told people about the guest in advance, this one got the most hype. And so I am very <laughs> pleased to present to you, Sam Pogue. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm honored to share and hopefully uh, get to have a cool conversation with someone I haven't met yet before. So I'm pumped. Absolutely. And I have to toss in a shout out to uh, Dean Guido. He would want me to say hi to you. So Dean says hi. <laughs> hi, Dean. So how did your day go today? Like, take me through the, the journey, the process. Like, how's life for you right now? Oh, in general. Okay. Uh, well, uh, battling with uh, a lot of sleep issues in my current life. Uh, I've been a really poor sleeper my entire life. I'm uh, going through uh, some actual pre-surgical interventions. Uh, if you guys have listened to James Nestor on Rogan or read his book, Breath, uh, I have the device in my palate right now, pushing my maxilla forward to create enough space to add two more teeth up top. I have Invisalign on the bottom to push forward to create two more teeth in the bottom. Uh, and uh, had a gum and bone graft and a deviated septum. Uh, all of this to improve upper airway. Uh, it's still, you know, it's a process. Uh, so I still like I get about five hours of sleep a night. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad-ish, uh, and that's just most nights. And so for me, I'm a pretty high productive individual, but I know that for me to be my most effectiveness going forward, I have to get my sleep taken care of. And uh, this home stay-at-home quarantine was an opportunity for me to really work on myself. Um, I, you know, I pre- previously I traveled a lot. Uh, you know, my biggest year was 2006. 17, I flew 67 times before October, over 100 nights in hotels and Airbnbs, tr- three time zones a week. And that to- it takes a toll on you, right? And, you know, it takes a toll on your circadian rhythm and your sleep and your stress levels. And, uh, you know, I was willing to go through it at the time because it was pushing my career in a way that I could have never asked for. for. But, you know, now it was, oh, I'm never going to be in a time where I'm at home all day. I can't go anywhere. There's no, you can't go anywhere. So I can, I'll track my macros, I'll track calories, I'll, you know? And so uh, I'm working with Dr. Mike T. Nelson, who's an expert in metabolic flexibility. And then also Dr. Zach Couples, Dr. Physical Therapy and myofunctional upper airway work. Um, and it's been just a really great process being able to work on that. And so this morning it sucked, I woke up kind of tired. So I woke up later than I wanted to. And um, just, you know, for me, whenever I'm gonna be on camera, I, I, uh, I wanna make sure that I'm present and you know, a shitty email can really ruin your day, right? And it, like, I don't want that tone going into your content, my content. So like, I try not to like look at my, if I don't have to look at my email or any of those kind of things, I don't want that to bug me. Sometimes it's social. I don't get a lot of hate in social, so I don't have to worry about it too much. Um, but I just had a nice cup of coffee and just kind of ease into the morning. 
Uh, and, you know, recently, if any of you have uh, followed my career before recently, uh, I was previously at True Coach and, and uh, that separation just happened in July and now rolling into my own thing. And so rolling into doing my own content and putting out a product essentially as myself and not just on it where I was before True Coach. And for me, that's while I've done it and I've built products for on it and I've built and run marketing for True Coach, doing it for yourself is still different. And doing it, you know, putting your own thing out there is a different game. And so, um, you know, it's right now I'm in the test of the waters. I'm wondering some, you know, where is it that I can best serve based on my skill set? And uh, I don't know if I necessarily want to be in the fitness business space, but I know I have a lot of experience I can share. So I just did a free 90-minute webinar this morning just for anybody that's wanting to know about what it takes to get into the internet space. I'm not marketing as a, I'm an internet expert and I'm teaching you your funnel. I'm doing it as a... Here's what I think about what you need to know going in before you get started. And then you can start working with the group, do all the things. But in my experience, right? Like, uh, and while I haven't built my own stuff and launched, which I'm doing now, like uh, my resume is decorated enough to where you can't really argue it. And uh, you know, I'll play that game with anybody. Uh, so uh, it turns into, um, you know, wanting to share. And that's what today was and got off that right before this. And uh, just, you know, a day today is a day of, um, being on camera and content and probably get done and go for a walk after this and come back and uh, I got to shoot some content for a program I'm getting ready to launch. But uh, it's about, you know, in this new world of working for myself or you no know, now working for myself, quote unquote, is uh, ownership of my time and understanding that nobody else owns my time and I get to control if I want to sit and read for an hour, if I want to go meditate, if I want to go for a walk, if I want to shoot, you know, is that I can have that and that's okay. Uh, but there is a level of self-discipline that is very hard with that entrepreneur world, as well as, you know, all the things of putting yourself out there, which I don't mind. For me, it's about effort. For me, it's like, I don't mind being on camera. I don't mind shooting content. I don't mind. But if I don't undoubtedly want to do it, it's not in line. Like if it's not something I want to run into and just full throwing elbows, I won't be into it. I won't do it. Right. Like I has to tickle my whistle. So uh, that's why even just dabbling with content, like, do I like doing this? Is this what I want to do? Uh, and that's what today was, man. It's just been a, the new norm, but uh, like I did this kind of stuff all the time before, but I, like I had a sound, you know, you work for someone else. And now it's like, oh, I got to like go be productive after this because I don't have a paycheck coming in unless I do it. So that's the game. That's my day. And, uh, but it's the part where I'm a big believer. Like I, you know, I appreciate you being so polite and asking me to come on and, I honestly say yes to every podcast that asks me if it fits with my schedule yeah. because I don't think you're allowed to bitch about where things are at if you're not willing to help. And for me, I've done a lot of really cool things, I, you know, and if I can share and help people, I want to do that. And if this is an area that is within my wheelhouse and skill set to do, I want to do that. Uh, and I, I have a podcast. I know what it's like to ask for guests. I know what it's like to be told no. I know what it's like to say, oh, like, oh wow, you said yeah. Like, yep, I know those feelings. And so uh, for me, you know, I fell into fitness and it wasn't be only because in 2008 there were no jobs and uh, I fell into selling memberships at 24 hour fitness to pass the, pay the bills until I found my big kid job uh, and it got me into like powerlifting, Olympic lifting, strong man, comp strong person competitions and, uh, you know, and became a personal trainer and moved me to Austin, Texas in 2014 to get out of fitness to end up working at on it to become the very first member of the on it gym, which is Joe Rogan's supplement company to go from 30 to $90 million. And I'm traveling the world and training pro athletes and speaking. I was like, Holy shit. Right. Like 
it's crazy. So I'm so thankful for it that I want to make sure I always give back, right? Because my childhood dream job was to work in Major League Baseball, and now it's I, I do that, but in a in a way that I didn't even dream of as a 12 year old. Like the way I thought of as a 12 year old wasn't as cool as this version. So for me now, it's like how do I share what I have to help people in whatever space they're in, whether you're a trainer or not. So that's why it's like just doing this. Love doing it. Well, I mean, I love how you just totally tossed into autopilot. I was like, man, I don't even have to ask him any questions. He's just got this under control. But such a talker. <laughs> well, it's not a bad thing because, like, we'll be able to vibe off each other. I'm, I'm plenty good at talking myself. Um, something that I want to dive a bit further into is you talk about your resume. You've highlighted some things um, with what on it became. Like, tell my audience a bit more about on it, and then. I want you to zoom in on perhaps some moments when you were like, should I be here? Or moments that just challenged you, tested you, and helped you see some of the potential skills that you bring out today as a self-employed individual. That's a great question. Nice. I really enjoyed that. Um, so Onnit is a supplement lifestyle company based in Austin, Texas, and most notably led by the likes of Joe Rogan, who has the biggest podcast on the planet. And also spearheaded very much by Aubrey Marcus, who has a podcast. And uh, a lot of big internet personalities really started coming through. So Audit really became built off of a supplement called Alpha Brain, which I'm actually drinking right now. And it's a nootropic. It's a cognitive enhancer, memory enhancer. Um, and it, you know, Joe launched on the podcast and it took off. And then the other supplement lines took off. And so I got there in 2014. They'd been up for four years. And I was employee, employee 42. They're about a $30 million company. And I was there for four years and we went from 30 to $90 million uh, in that time. And so uh, for me, uh, I was pretty set on moving to Texas from Portland, Oregon to get out of fitness. I was dabbling into recruiting, which is like for software engineers trying to get people to bounce from one company to the other, high commission, high turnover, tough, hundred cold calls a day kind of thing. And I knew moving to Texas probably wasn't the move for me to where I was taking my career, but it got me out. It got me out of Portland. I was having a hard time getting away from my clients because I have the same clients for four or five years, right? They, they weren't, unless they moved, they weren't going anywhere, right? I still text my clients. I uh, still talk to my clients, you know, um, like Mimi is one of my, like my big sister. And like, I flew out to her baby shower in 2004, uh, 2018. I hadn't trained her since 2014, right? Right. I, but like, I, you know, it's like, I, I support that. I text people on their birthdays and, because I mean, you spend three days a week with someone for four years, like you're part of their life. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, yeah. some shit about what they got going on. And, and I very much cherish those relationships. And so, um, you know, for me, it was really tough to get out. But I knew that being a trainer wasn't what I wanted to do with my life. Working at 24 hour fit, fitness wasn't what I wanted to do with my life. And it just became a catalyst to move. And, and I honestly only chose Austin because I moved in November of 2014 and the other three places, Chicago, New York, and Boston. We're going to be really cold in November, December, January. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and I was already kind of partying too much, right? Because I wasn't happy. And so it was, you're going to move somewhere new where there's nothing to do but drink in a bar, right? Like, you know, and so I moved to Texas and uh, lived with my friends, Ashley and James, that had triplet one-year-olds at the time. And I've flown with triplet one-year-olds. So those of you are the parents, I have a lot of empathy for flying with children and just children in general. Uh, Mom was also a youth minister, so I've been around a lot of kids. But you know, moving to Austin, um, I wasn't, you know, DeFranco 
Joe DeFranco was a popular coach had just announced he was moving his gym to Austin to partner with on it. When I was kind of announcing, I was moving to Austin to go, to go down there. And Joe's my favorite coach growing up. And, uh, I, I was like, how serendipitous is this? My favorite coach is gonna, you know, and that, that's the only reason why I walked in the doors on it. I had no idea what on it was. And it was so crazy to watch, you know, going down there. I was the very first member and I was pretty set on just being a member and working out to work out. And I wanted to get into sporting good sales, like territory sporting good sales for Rawlings, Louisville slugger, uh, going to baseball tournaments and inevitably I thought my life would be cool if I was golfing with, you know, baseball players and talking about what they want with their gloves and bats and, you know, being that guy, like, how is that not the coolest job in the world for a young kid who does sports? Right. And like, that's what I was, that's what the North star was, but I was so fearful of getting stuck in sales roles that I didn't want to take direct routes. Cause that was my only in, right. Was okay. You can be here, but you're gonna be ticket sales. I'm like, Oh, I don't, uh, that's not my gig. Right. Even though I did the, the recruiting thing, which I find really odd, I did that move, but it got me to Texas. But then, you know, they wanted, I, I had a couple offers and they wanted me to move to Dallas, Corpus Christi, El Paso. And I'm like, bro, I just got to Austin. Nothing about Texas entertained me except for Austin. Right. I'm not moving to Texas. I moved to Austin. Austin's Texas, but it's not Texas. Right. Like it's not six shooter on the hip. Right. It's like, it's pretty close to Portland where I was up from uh, hipster central. And so, um, uh, it was, you know, then I was talking to John Wolf, who was the head of fitness down there at On It. And I said, hey, man, what would it look like if I came on board to work here? He goes, I don't know, pitch me something. <laughs> I was like, all right. So I go back, come back to him, like, built. I was like, how about I travel the world? I'll drive in my car and go to all these gyms and sell kettlebells and maces. And he's like, no. I was like, okay, uh, shit. And then it was like, you know, the, the nice thing for me coming into being a trainer by the time, I, you know, as I did is like, I understood business. I went to school for business and studying startups. And uh, so I just understood the game. And I'm naturally that kind of mindset person. And so training, I was a 40-hour a week trainer within four months. Right? It was like, this is easy. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? I have a waiting list. I don't have to try. Right? Uh, if anything, I don't want to work all day, every day. I can. I do. But uh, it, it was also that in 2010, 11, 12, you either worked 24, maybe you owned a gym, or you were in a college. CrossFit was just starting to get popular. So that wasn't really a scene. And I didn't really, I don't really have a dream of like owning a gym, right? Like I love the human part of coaching and connecting with people and I have an avenue to help them. But like, I, I didn't sign up in life to like teach people about broccoli, right? I love it. I, you know, I do, but it, it, so it, it found me in a really interesting spot. And so I was able to get into on it into more of a biz dev or into a business role. And so I was, the only way I was able to come on board was there was an, uh, a head spot filled to be basically John's assistant, John Wolf's assistant. And we called it, I got to be called the director of communications, but it, like the head slot that fit a company role would have been it. And I was making assistant level money, right? So, you know, the big thing I, I say it now is that like, hey, three to four years I worked on it, I made less than $50,000, right? And worked 40 weekends a year, you know? So it's like, we can think like, sure, it's cool. I got to do a lot of cool shit, but I also didn't have other options. I didn't have, you know, like that, what are you gonna do? And for me, it was such a leaning in my career moment that it was like, here's your, here's, here's your chance, prove it, right? So for me coming in, like my pitch to John was like, hey, I'll help your, the people coming to the certifications. Let me help teach them how to like run a better coaching business. Like they need to raise their prices on their sessions. Stop charging $20. They need to like call their people. They need to learn how to sell, right? And he was like, okay. So then it was like, and I can help send out certs and organizationally run seminars. And like, 
I have nothing else to do. I have no money to go do anything else. So I might as well just be at the seminar and learn. And so then I just, I, I attended foundations, which was the only course we had at the time for 18 months straight, one or two a month for 18 months, just as a helper. Hey, this person can't hear. Can you help that? Right. It wasn't a coach. And then just because like, as we were scaling and getting bigger, it's like, Hey, can you, you've been around obviously for 30 of them. Can you go help at in DC? And that was my first chance to like travel to do it. And then there was an opportunity to where I needed, like they needed someone from fitness to go to like an NSCA conference for, with the wholesale team. And it was like, Oh, you put Sam in a big ass expo center room and just a loud ass voice to talk to people. He's really good at that. Right. And like, I don't mind putting on a show. So I'll swing maces and kettlebells and do, you know, do all the things. And so it kind of carved out this really unique role that I could work on the fitness team and coordinate events. And I could also work with the wholesale team and go into events. And, you know, mind you, when I moved to Austin, Texas in 2014, I'd been a personal trainer for four years uh, in the fitness industry for six years. And I was at 24. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anything. I, I had a weekend certification right? I didn't go to school for exercise science. I didn't, you know, and, go, you know, I started learning and picking stuff up, but because I'm in these rooms at NSCA, you're just, you meet people, right? And you don't try to not live in your lane, but then all of a sudden, like on it was because on it was growing so fast. It was, oh, you want to come teach it? John Russell, you want to come teach a certain on it? Hey, Mark Bell, you want to come teach a certain on it? Hey, Mark, you know, and it was like, and because John and Shane, my two team members have kids, it allowed me the opportunity, like I can pick you up from the airport. I'll shuttle you around. I'll take, you know, and if I get to take all these courses for free because we're hosting them. And then on the flip side, all these experts in the industry are watching how good I am at running their event with them. Right. Like I'll help fill it. I'll do this. Oh yeah. You need this. I'll get you, you know, and treat them like great, shuttle them around. And then it becomes like, wow, man, you're like, you're great. Right. Then it's like, and you do that for four years, right? Like FRC, Andre Spina came through four times. John Weston has come through four times. Chris, you know, and you build these relationships with people to where it's very special for me to know that, you know, John Russin uh, has a PPSC certification because of the podcast I did with Mike Fitch and of Animal Flow. And I'm like, that's so rad. Right. And I've been to every single version that he's done. I've been to it over five times to watch it over evolve. And it created this opportunity for me just to do what I do well. Like, sure. Am I a coach? Yeah, for sure. I play in the space. But I was still just like I I'm running events. And I'm happy to be the person running kind of things from a, it looks on the outside of running kind of things a little bit. Plus I was in communication. So every email that came through, hello at on air info on it came through my email. Like you want to talk about email? I, I've seen some emails, right? 300 emails a day. Come just, you know what I mean? That kind of like hello at on it thinking like they're talking to Joe Rogan. Uh, it's crazy, but it's amazing. And here's what I want to talk about on it. Cause I know some people don't like it, whatever the special sauce about on it is that everybody who is there is just trying to be better. From the warehouse, to the front desk, to the CEO, the culture of the people that work there is effing incredible. Everybody is just, you just, you go to work to hang out with people. You go to work because you have a bunch of like-minded people who are just really genuine humans. You make great relationships and friendships. Like that was hard to leave, honestly, leave, moving, to, moving to Boulder at True Coach, because the people in Austin, oh my God, it was so great to come down from like, you know, I had a tough experience at True Coach here. And so going back to Austin for the first time and being welcomed back and embraced and loved, like, hey, coming through the office, hugs, and oh my God, it's so great. It's like, wow, right? Is powerful. And like, I have nothing but love for the communities. And, and I'll always talk highly of on it because it changed my life. 
right? You put me on a pedestal in the most fast growing company to where, sure, I'm a nobody coming into the industry. And now all of a sudden I'm rubbing shoulders with the giants of the industry. And then all of a sudden, because I'm doing this enough times to where it's giving me opportunities to where, like I said, I'm a weekend cert trainer that got into this at 24 hour fitness. I just posted it like last year, this day, I taught a seminar, a workshop at 20, uh, the NSCA headquarters to an immersion group from Taiwan with a translator, right? And I'm like, two PhDs, physical therapists, and master's degree students. And I'm like, I, I'm not, hey, I, I, if we want to play the who can name the most anatomy game, I don't win. But here's what I've brought, here's what I've done, right? To show up in the Boston to go shadow Eric Cressy for a day. And for him to say, hey, man, thanks for these clubs you've sent me. If you're on it, would you like to show, do the in-service day for the staff? Oh, my God, you're going to let me teach the Cressy performance stuff? <sighs> wow. Honoring. Such an honor. Right? But also, I wasn't trying to teach on behalf of me. This is my theory. It's like, here's what I know. Here's what I've learned. But you start developing a reputation around, wow, you're around all these people. And it got really fun to where, because I was traveling so much, to, I was at every event, to where I'd get tagged in an event like, oh, I'm in, where was I? I was in... Uh, DC with John Russell, we were working out and he tagged me in a post. And then I was in LA with a bunch of other people and they tagged me and someone's like, who followed both people? They're like, wait, what? You? I was like, yeah, man, I love the Warriors Waldo game because it was so fun, right? And the world of being at, on it where we were just growing at that level of everybody wanted to be a part of it, right? And then to bring in partnerships with my girl, Sayla, uh, who's my partner, Exos, Equinox, Gold's Gym, UCLA, Right. And then later getting just through happenstance and relationships and meeting people, getting to meet John Baker, who's the mental skills coordinator now for the Chicago Cubs, who him and I are now starting an app to him introducing me to Jake Arrieta, Cy Young award winning World Series champion baseball player who now I coach like we work together in the offseason. He's one of my best friends deeply like we have a great friendship. And it's like, wow, holy crap. So amazing. And to think about for me. You know, I didn't share this earlier, but I, when I went from membership sales, sorry, uh, membership sales to, I tried to get out. I got my first big kid job at an action sports company and I got fired two months in for not being bro enough. And I come back to the uh, 24 hour fitness I used to work at and Rusty Sandusky, who was my manager at the time. Uh, and he looked at me, he's like, what are you doing here? He's like, I got fired. He's like, oh, I'll pay for your first cert to come back and become a trainer. I was like, you okay. Right. Here we go. In fitness. Moved to Austin, ah, no baseball, right? Back into fitness, damn, right? And then it was like, oh, because of that, now baseball opened up. And I was leaving spring training with Jake, uh, Philly's organization, and, uh, you know, I walking in the field with him and like, damn, play sack, you know, Hall of Fame pitcher walking, hey, Sam, great to see you again. I'm like, oh my God, you remember my name? <laughs> it's cool. And then, you know, and, and to watch the interactions and then to be leaving the field, I turned around and I looked at the, Everybody's day one of spring training, pitchers and catchers reporting and photographers, social media, everybody's out. And I looked, I was like, you know what? That'd be cool. It'd be so cool to be one of those people. It'd be so cool to be one of those people, like, like your job. I'm leaving with him. We're going to go ride jet skis and deep sea fishing. 10 times cooler than that. Only because of this random happenstance of fitness, right? And it just became this magical process. So yeah, it was this really cool moment, but I said, you know, I moved to Austin in November and I, John and I said I would come on board to work at on it in February, verbally. I didn't come on board to work till May and I had no money. I uh, didn't really have a lot of money saved up to like come down to Austin, just kind of like wung it. 
Is that a word? Bung it. Yeah. Uh, and like was making house cleaner out of like rubbing alcohol, lemon juice, and peroxide. You know, cooking really. You know, she like trying to live cheap. And uh, I had nowhere else to go. I had no social circle. Like on it was my only social circle. Like I had just enough to like have a gym membership, eat cheap, you know, food and work, you know. And it was like four months. My parents had come down in the middle of that, and I was like just angry and upset. So I'm like, fuck, man, I just like, I just left, right? I've always back home in my hometown, Kelso. Like I was always very well known in the community, right? My parents to this day are still known as Sam's mom and dad. They're like, we have names, right? But like, oh, hey, we have Sam's mom and dad in the grocery store, right? They're like, oh. right? And college, I, you know, I ran events, so I knew everybody, right? And then in the 24 I worked at was in the bougie area of town, so I knew chefs and bartenders, so I could walk into a bar you know and so then moving to austin where i'm like thriving like knowing people and being set up is like that got taken away from me i don't know anybody i've got no money i can't go out i got nothing this job may or may not really work and then it came on board it was like oof man and then you know you got to eat it a little bit you know oh, i'm not gonna make any real money okay i'll keep making note and for me i'll share that you know coming out of school i failed out of college my sophomore year and I uh, had to fight to get back in and I graduated on time and did the thing. And and while I wasn't a fantastic student, I had a lot of extracurriculars, um, but I, I just didn't have uh, a clear path out of school. And so fitness was a grateful, a, you know, graceful, grateful thing to fall into. Um, but for me, it was constantly uh, trying to figure out how to be good at the thing just enough and so getting through school and then, and coming into this uh, fitness space, it wasn't planned. And it was so, let's just see what happens. Let's, that works for a while. Let's just say yes to that for a while. And it's, it became so powerful, honestly, for me. And I know everybody wants to come out of this age of high school, like, what am I supposed to do with the rest of my life? Or what am I supposed to do forever? This thing, that's forever. And it's like, it's not, man, it's not, right? Like, it's such a great journey. I'm so thankful fitness was a journey. I was on a very different path in 2008. I was really good at drinking beer, uh, right? And as you know, so now it was like such a gift to have happen and to watch it unfold because of just circumstance, 2008 and the recession, right? It's super neat. And I'm just very grateful for the whole process to have happened, uh, even moving to Boulder and having the experience and going through and switching gears from a business development role to a marketing role and going through a software app and acquisition process and then, you know, getting let go is like, oh shit, okay, right here, I right? It's, but it's like it's all for part of the ride. I love it. It sucks. Don't get me wrong. It sucks. Those days it really sucks, but um, it makes it worth it when you get to do cool shit and you get to share with people and know that you're helping someone else. Well, it's so true, and I mean, like you covered everything in that like uh, story that you shared, which I love. But now I have to like zoom in a bit more. So you brought yeah. up the terms of like pitching something, like. You, you've had to pitch many times in your career. Um, and connection is something that has obviously helped you, like finding that connection, seeking that connection, like noticing like the passion in a, like a company culture. Um, if we could, we're going to take this to two parts. First, we'll talk about the pitching. If there was three pitches that you've had to deliver over the course of like last five years, what are three that stand out to you and what makes them stand out? Wow, great question. You're good. I like this. Uh, you know, the audit one was one, obviously, I talked about with John uh, and just like, hey, pitch me a job. Uh, one that really stands out to me, I was in San Francisco and it was at the NorCal Fitness Summit. 
And it was one of the uh, first, of, not first events, it was one of the early events for me. And this event um, wasn't the best event, but it had some great names. It had Perry Nicholson, Mark Fisher, and Dr. John Besson. And familiar with Mark, familiar with uh, uh, Mark Fisher Fitness to an extent, um, but also just very impressed with who his character was. And I just walked up to him and said, hey, Mark, I'd love to take you to dinner while you're here in town. And he says, okay. I was like, wow, okay, right? Once again, on it, right? I know it's because of on it, right? Who's not going to say yes to that? And we sit down and he says, so what's your angle? And I was like, wow, right? It was just like coming at it, right? Like he want, if he, and, I, and I like when people kind of come at the game and I want, I want to play the game. And I said, look, Mark Fisher Fitness is awesome. I think what you're doing is great. If Mark Fisher Fitness wants to bring in a wholesale account of Onnit Protein or Alpha Brain, right? It's a $250 minimum to have a wholesale account. We'll do it. I'll help you. That's great, right? But that's not my win. I'm a big Mark Fisher fan. I want you to know that me at Onnit with resources wants to support you in whatever you do. Let me know how. I just want to be a part of it, right? And he was like, okay. And it was like Mark and I have, like Mark is – I can't say enough great things about Mark Fisher. Uh, dear friend, mentor, just a beautiful human being. Embodies a lot of characteristics as a human that I would like to be more of. Knowing that, like, it's not my, I'm not going to be that him because we don't have the same experiences. But I'm just incredibly impressed with who he is as a human. And uh, grateful for all the, whether it's directly or indirectly, what I've learned from him. And watching how he operates. I really much appreciate that he can be someone who can, uh, go out and live a really fun and joyful life, but also like run a really successful business, but also can be really great at connecting with people. Uh, and he's well-read, which he was like a person who stimulated me to be re a reader. And um, it was just someone that was a moment that, that mo to get to know him there in that moment and to impress him in that setting. And then to later even be asked to speak at one of his events. And it, it was just, I'm so happy I came at it from the direction of just being super direct, right? To recognize out of the gate like i know i knew people gave me time out of the beginning because i was on it right like pff, they don't know if i'm not the access to joe rogan or not they don't you don't know if i can put you on the podcast right they so if i know that people already might have an edge of looking at it from okay it's a resource he's a resource he's trying to he's trying to woo me right that's cool i like to be i like to be wooed that the game isn't the to woo you with the company the company already know. people already know what Onnit is. They'll ask me more detailed questions about what I think of it, what's going on past the, the field level. But at the end of the day, no one wants to do business with someone they don't like. So they're buying me. And they're buying the relationship that I have with them, right? It's they want to keep coming back to Onnit every year for an event because like, oh my God, like why would I not want to run it with Sam? Like he does a great job or... Uh, I just like going down there. Like, why would you not want to? I mean, Austin's an easy sell too, right? Like, but if you want a crappy event, are they going to want to do it? If you're a bad guest or host on a podcast, are they going to want to do it? Right? So I look at things in the way that, sure, you can ask for favors, but you can only ask for so many favors before you burn that relationship. So true. Right? And, and it's fine. It's okay to ask for a favor, but I want to make sure that by the time I ask you for a favor undoubtedly it's a yes because i've already put into that bucket so much you want me you need help with that event i got you you need sample i'll send you samples oh you want to give away a kettlebell i'll give away a kettlebell 
right? Oh, I paid for the event to come out. I flew out. I put myself up or on it did, right? I'm very thankful for on it giving me the freedom to do business development in the way I do it through handshakes and smiles, right? Um, shout out to Jason Havey, uh, CEO of on it. You know, we had a meeting, uh, and Exos had just come into the partnership with on it and, and we had a conversation he was just like, man, every, in the day of clicks and views, you're about handshakes and smiles and it works. And I just want you to go be you. And I was like, wow, man, that was so, it's so powerful to have someone believe in you, right? John believed in me, which is really great. And I'm so forever grateful to John Wolf and Shane Hines there. And, but like, you know, and, and so Jason having that conversation was like, wow. And so then they go out running around, like talking to big companies and just letting it happen it was a really cool experience. Uh, and one that very few people get, right? To run around on behalf of Onnit with a company credit card and just like, I'm going to be in LA. Hey, what's LA now? Right? Like, so cool. The dream job. Yeah. Make any money. But you know what I mean? So I would get people who are like, man, I'm so jealous of what you get to do. It's like, well, okay, I get it. But you make way more money than me. One. Two, uh, well, you probably, you like to have downtime. You like to do this. Cool. I haven't been home in a month. Right? So and I brought that upon myself for sure. But if, for me, I looked at things like I'm a weekend trainer that got put in the front of the room speaking at some of these big spots, whether it's on behalf of me or on behalf of on it, whatever. So for me, it was, okay, he's in the front of the room now because of this like Instagram-y social media platform world. I wanted visually everybody to understand that he earns it, right? Yeah. So when for me about checking in on flights on social media around flight number 64, it's not, I don't need you to think it's cool I fly around, but it's for like, dude, this dude works. Right, he crushes. Right, to get on stage at the IFAST Summit with Mike Robertson and Bill Hartman and Mike, dude, what flight number is this? Number nine hundred. This guy crushes. If you're not, it's like that's honoring. Mike works really hard. I really much appreciate what Mike and, and Bill have done for the industry. So it's very honoring to have his 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 uh, endorsement, right? Because I came into it out of the gate. I didn't come into it from interning with him. You know, I didn't play the strength coach game. I didn't play these games. So the only way I can earn it is to make sure I do it in front of you, right? And so the pitch and just being able to pitch, you know, that was so it was a nice, uh, really early win um, there. And I think, you know, the other pitch I think for me was uh, really big, I would have to say, is Exos. Uh, being able to help on it and Exos come together uh, was one that definitely changed my career, because if that didn't happen, no way do I get the freedom to travel like I did. Right. Because Exos is massive and the potential with that has is like, wow, that's huge distribution, corporate wellness, technology, marketing. And to think like, yeah, okay. And, you know, to go from, you know, uh, a couple of meetings to standing, like I'm a director level, quote unquote, and to be standing in Exos with senior vice presidents and then presidents, I'm like, wow. Right, so being able to pitch what we could do together in that moment, you know, with Amanda Carlson and Dave Schifrin was, and Sela, and, and it was to put the pieces together. And it was really cool for me to be able to step into a role to where I was able to talk to an executive that's not way above my level pay grade and have a conversation that I felt pushed the conversation into, okay, let's do this. Because I knew enough about, sure, I was a meat heady trainer that lifts weights and talks about kettlebells, but I can also step into like, consumers, habits, behaviors, company, organizational flow, and have this like, here's where I think it all works together, right? Like, and I feel very grateful that Onnit gave me the space to talk on behalf of them up until C-levels, 
right? To where when I brought it back, it was going straight to C-level execs. And then it was like, okay, here we go, right? I didn't have other layers other than that. And it was who I directly reported to to get those. So that was one that was like definitely stroked the confidence to be able to get that going because they're huge, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's what inevitably opened the doors up for everything else to then go all the places, do all the things. And for me, starting my podcast was like, oh yeah, just because I'm on a plane, I'm in front of everyone, why not now do a podcast with them in their gym, in their spot? Like, this is cool. Let's see what happens with this. Absolutely. Right? And it, you know, taking advantage of what was in front of me um, was just the only play, right? But, had, you know, I look at life as chapters and, um, you know, coming out of college and obviously failing out of college and, and you know, having to take a job and 24-hour fitness selling memberships when you're overqualified, college degree, yada, yada, was like, that was like, okay, welcome to the world, young buck. Right. And then it was like, okay, find a, find a floaty. Right. And that was fitness. Fitness gave me a floaty. Like, okay, let me just find equilibrium. I'm making money. I can pay my own bills, doing the thing. I'm off mom and dad's play. Right. And then that's not good enough for me. Let's try again. Let's go. Let's move. Right. And then to do it again and fitness be this stakeholder once again, to come back became such a, a cool thing. And to look at, okay, it's never about, is that the thing I'm supposed to do? Or is that the diet I'm supposed to do? Or is that the program I'm supposed to do? Or is that what anything you're going through in life that is just say yes to the thing that makes, that aligns with you today and just run with it until the next thing, right? There's no failure from that experience, right? We were sitting in a meeting, uh, once again, John Wolf, shout out, uh, with freaking Amanda Carlson and Mark Verstegen and John, and we're in this meeting talking about Ana Exos, and he's just like, you know, John just goes, perspective only comes at a cost of time, energy, money, or pain. And I was like, bro, what a great comment. <laughs> like, that is so freaking true. And if you guys don't know John Wolf and his story, please go look at, go check him out. He, you know, uh, he got into fitness purely because he used it to pull himself out of the gutter from meth addiction. And that's going to like fitness certifications to become a better version of himself, opening a gym then becoming the chief fitness officer on it, right? Like, so cool. It's such a powerful journey. And to look at how some of these experiences we go through can shape us. Yeah. And yeah. that's why for me, I get so caught up in on it and why it's so cool for me is because of that, right? Whether you like the supplements or not, the um, experience for me became life-changing. Well, I mean, your passion- Did I get both questions? You, you did. We're, we're good. We are on track. So like you, your passion, your perspective, um, that is- powerful it kind of like equips you to make the most of of the cards that you're dealt with because like a lot of people are going to relate to like the differences in certification like i have a couple weekend certifications like i totally get it i, I get it what it's like to uh struggle and uh create your homemade cleaners and like live lean with with your food prep everything like that um i've noticed and especially just with your backdrop you have like a, a blackboard with your list and i've seen how you do like mm. the, the stickies and you write down lists um now must be pretty challenging like where you talked about how you had to hold yourself accountable and like obviously we're not always going to just be on fire every day um take me through what it's like to create those lists knowing that you're in control like what goes on the list what's the thought process what's the outcome after something's on that list and maybe give some more context onto what's behind you like in the the frame here yeah uh so i once again uh on it really pushed me into the world of the personal development journey and reading things about bettering yourself you know not something that's 
um, heavily encouraged in the masculine world. And uh, definitely if you don't start getting into that wooey, like dear Judy Bloom kind of thing, like uh, kind of, and you mentioned earlier, you're kind of, you're cautious around it. I'm kind of wooey and I'm like, I'm into all of it. Uh, and, it, you know, once again, Mark Fisher pushed, like he motivated, because I'm like, wow, you read four books a week or four books a month, whatever it was. It was like, holy shit. Like, and you do this, any of that. And I'm like, I can do something, right? And so I read The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson and really just took away from this idea that leaning into the things that are the things that you care about the most, right? Knowing that you gotta, you're going to have to work at the things you're not good at and you get to choose, right? There's some things you're going to have to pony up and figure out and then some things you're going to be able to slough off till later. And for me, it was a little bit of a competition thing to see if I could just get my numbers up. Uh, but you know, it was audiobooks. I didn't like to sit and read. It was uh, just putting information in. And I hear the people saying, well, I don't like audiobooks. I don't listen to them. I'm like, I was the same way. I only like them when I drive mostly and I walk now, but uh, it was just enough. And I only I had a four mile commute. It was tiny. And I did like 22 books in a year by listening to audiobooks. And I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to listen to something, might as well listen to something positive and uplifting, right? Might as well put good shit in, right? Instead of something else. And it just, you start hearing the way you start talking differently. You start hearing, like, when you start putting that stuff in, your answers are different. You're like, wow, right? Because I'm naturally a little bit more of a, like, buck the fuck up, buttercup attitude. Uh, and just not that I've had a super hard life by any means. Uh, you know, my hard life, I, so I was born in Korea three months premature. I was abandoned on the street. Uh, lived in an orphanage my first eight months and adopted by an amazing family in Washington State. Uh, two Caucasian parents. In a highly predominant low blue collar or low blue collar town that's predominantly Caucasian. So for me, I came into it with like having a lot of these already experiences um, of challenge coming in. But uh, it was just about you know starting to put uh, good information in my head through reading and um, just going through that process and letting myself grow, even though I didn't know I was like even consciously growing. I wasn't trying to go into. I wasn't trying to be the like I'm woke, right? But I also was like, there's something to this, right? And like people I care about are reading it. And, and so I just started like pushing audiobooks. And like I bought most of these books I just have as a display. Uh, and I'll read them too because I still predominantly love audio. And, uh, you know, it was for me, it was just the journey of like my own development and becoming more complete as a human um, going forward. And the thing behind me here is uh, a friend of mine, Krista, uh, just someone that, really and just a great friend. And she has a thing that she inspired me to do this of a hundred things you want to do before you die. Right? Like we're always saying what I want to do this someday. I want to do that someday. And I, I used to do this in Portland when I lived there and I had a big board on my uh, chalkboard paint and card piece of plywood that just had Portland had such a restaurant scene coming in that they were coming up so fast. You just couldn't keep up with them. But you notice like when you go out to eat, like on Friday, you're tired you're like, oh, and you just end up eating at the same spot. You're like, it's convenient. You like it, you know? And you're like, no, mother effort. If you're going to go out to eat, I go somewhere you like knew. So it just allowed me to keep track of like, okay. Because when you see it, right? And so James Clear has a great thing in Atomic Habits about making it easy. So if I'm looking at a board all the time around like, shit I want to do with my life, well, it's going to be a little more prevalent. And like, it's going to guide my values a little bit more. And it's going to be something that directs even subconsciously, who I'm trying to become or what I'm trying to become uh, in that next phase. Um, you know, so for me, kind of this process of 
becoming more organized is only because I'm not an organized person by nature. I am a thinker. I'm a like big picture. I keep track of a lot of shit in my head. And for me to really take the next step of productivity was you got to go get the other one. Right. And I looked at it, you know, Mike Robertson and I did a podcast together and I was just like, bro, like mad respect to the amount of content you've consistently put out over the years. And just you as a dude, and I was like, but like, you got two kids, you got a wife that you care about, a family, a gym, interns, you know, and just looking at it from a, oh man, he has, he has to get it done because he doesn't have time. I have all the time. So I need to learn how to get really good with my time now as a 34 year old single guy that when I do have kids or have a partner that I'm prepared to give to that relationship because I feel why I have this level of confidence as a human and why I have this go-getter attitude is because, well, growing up, my parents, their mission in life was to be parents, right? So their goals was to chase baseball games and tournaments and shit like that, right? Which I'm so thankful for. But also in the idea of like, oh, when a kid has an idea, it's met with like, sure, try it, right? Instead of like, that's a dumb idea. You can't have a career out of that. And as you get older in your 30s, like you realize, like, oh, that's why you don't have a good relationship with trying new things because no one's ever encouraged you, right? Where it's like, my dad taught me physics through, oh, you want to see how high you can jump your bike? You're going to learn physics. <laughs> you, want, you know what I mean? Like, not in a dangerous way, but like, yeah, you can only stack the plywood on top of the board so high before the plywood gives out. Like, I'm not going to get really hurt, but also like, I'm a kid that grew up in the middle of the woods by myself. Like you can't control it, right? Like I'm going to fall out of, I fell out of trees all the time. So you learn those lessons, but to see that going forward as an adult is so powerful for me that other people just don't have that. I, you know, I was recently at an event and someone said, I don't like to try new things because I'm afraid of failing. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what? And I was very taken aback by it. Not, and people were kind of shocked. I wasn't trying to be rude about it, but it was, I didn't realize that people had that thing that stopped them. They were so worried about tomorrow today that they wouldn't even try. And I go into so many, like, I love the starting of new things. I really do. Like, I don't know anybody in the room. Let's go. Right. Like I thrive. I love it. And because I, that's what I did as a kid, right. That got rewarded as a kid. Like, Oh, you did so good. Right. Like, yeah, you had to be, you had to be a young man in this environment. Right. Like, Oh, you did good. And so if that gets celebrated and like being polished is what you grow up learning how to be polished. And, uh, kids like people don't didn't do that earlier and so i'm like wait you know why i have that is because i'm not good at anything first try right like i i but like tell you what i would rather take the punches in round one and see how hard something is before i really jump into it than have to jump into it at round 12 and them punches hurt right and so because inevitably the dichotomy of life is there's the things we're good at the things we're not good at and yeah, we can lean on the things we're really good at, but eventually we got to dip our toe in some things we don't know how to do or confront or deal with. And how you deal with those things is what develops your character. And for us, it turns into, from, I was just looking at it from a, okay, how do I make myself more effective? And I, I, I can't take everybody else's time management strategies because they don't, they make me feel boxed in. They make me feel like, ah, I want to Hulk smash that shit. Because it's like, don't tell me what to do. I do what I want. I'm good at it. I've been good at it for a long, long time, right? And it was something to where it's like, no, getting over my ego and um, 
I just, I took a day and I call it planning time to plan. And I took every notebook, every Google note, every Apple note, everything I've ever jotted a cocktail napkin, an idea I had out. And I sat down with a big old pot of coffee and I just mapped out every idea I'd ever had in my life about things, whatever. I'm a big idea person. I love it. And just post it. No, cause it was sticky. Put it on the wall, put it on the wall, put it on the wall. And as I'm like, okay, I got a whole thing on a cookbook. Cause I want to do a cookbook, right? Write a cookbook. And then it's like, oh, I pull up a note. I found a, another a notebook I hadn't been looking at yet. The new notebook. Oh, cookbook idea. Oh, I've already written it down. Oh, wow. I've written that down three times. Okay. That's something to kind of come back to, right? But to then know creatively, like, oh, I took care of it. It's there. I can see it. I processed it. I'm not going to lose it. Because how many times have we been sitting somewhere that's like, what a great idea. I will remember that forever. Two seconds later, oh, the dog. Oh, yeah. shit. What was that idea? <laughs> Damn it. It wasn't that good. <laughs> and so that's why I think the power of like coming back to something was like, wow. You come back to that a lot. I'm such a visual learner. I'm such a visual person that to have him all around my house, it also gives me the process of, you know, as an idea person, I get really caught up in being an idea person, not an executor, right? I'm really good at ideas and building. I'm not good at like, oh, do the little thing. I don't wanna do the little thing. That's 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 below me, but I don't love the execution project management. Go send this email out to the people doing your webinar. I'm like. Why? I don't want to send an email out to the newsletter webinar people. Just let me use a fucking webinar, right? Like, and it's like, that's the part that's hard for me to do. I know people are like, really? Why? Like they're going 90 minutes on camera by yourself without a script. Yeah. Okay. Right. Like, like I did a podcast with Jim Crow and he's like, you ready? He goes, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I don't know why I asked you that. You're the only person in the world I can call last minute to do a podcast and not ask if they're ready. That's right? awesome. I was like, oh, wait, people need prep time to be on camera. Oh yeah, right. I'm like, it's just not me. Cause I, I, I mean, I know my stories. I talk about it all the time. I know how to adapt it based on where you're going. And um, and so for me, like, it was just such a powerful process to like. It allowed me to process my head without feeling like I'm doing it someone else's way. And the way I look at it, for those of you who like Harry Potter, look at it as like the pensieve, where Dumbledore takes Harry over to the freaking bucket and pulls the thought out of his head and puts it in the bucket and shoves Harry's head in the water and like, look at the thought, right? And it's like, that's what that is for me. It allows me to pull the thought out of my head, visually look at it, because I draw pictures a lot. They're not good pictures, but they're pictures. <laughs> and they're like, because like, I don't need words. I might write a word, a couple sentences out, but it's like, okay, video to this, to that. Here's a blah, blah, right? It's like, I understand it. But it allowed me to feel so much more in line, so much more organized uh, with what I'm trying to do. And it's allowed me to project manage myself a little bit better to where, oh, yeah, that's what I need to work on. That's what I need to work on, right? Because it's so easy for me to wake up so excited about something. I just start jamming. I'm like, bro, that's not what we need to work on, right? So I use the, I'm going to use this example. If you were going to rebuild your house, would you tear apart your bedroom, your bathroom, and your kitchen all at the same time? No. No. Because you'd have nowhere to eat, nowhere to sleep, nowhere to poop, right? So you tear one, like, all right, we're going to tear the bathroom out. We can get a porta potty or use a neighbor's house. So we have a second bathroom. Or, all right, I can take the kitchen out. We need takeout for a couple weeks, right? So we can we can make the constellations. But if you don't have any, you're like, just that place, this place everywhere, right? So when we're looking at it from a project management standpoint, I also know that that's my least effective skill set as a human. Um, it, but I have to do it. Like, if I'm going to choose a solopreneur life, I have to at least find a system that works for me until I make enough money to pay a personal assistant, right? That's what I'm signing up for. And so it turns into, okay, 
That's just the way I know how to project manage for myself, right? I try, I, I, I'm trying to get into the Trello thing and coming back to it or like an Excel sheet, like, but like my brain won't stick to it. Like, you know what I mean? Even like I want to, and so for me, rather than keeping fighting and feeling like now I'm not finding a solution, it was just, sure, that's a fine, that's a solution, right? Is that what you can work on? Right. And then like when I'm starting to feel crowded in my head, I also notice all my boards are kind of messed up. So I take them all down and redo them. So on the floor underneath my trash can, I, I take a while to throw them away just in case I want to come back to it. Um, but I have all my notes and I just leave them there and it's like, okay. And I'll consolidate them. Okay. I'm like, here's what I'm working with now. Because likely all those thoughts, like that wasn't that whole thought process on that board. Wasn't a, wasn't an ebook. It wasn't a, it wasn't a post. It was a sentence in a, in a post. Right. It was like, oh, okay. That was a cool thing to think about. Cool. Moving on. And going through this new adventure of trying to figure out how to, you know, make my ass sit down and do shit sometimes when I don't want to do it. Um, and also for me, coming back to the sales thing that I talked about, I don't want to be a sale. Like I got scared of being trapped in the sales guy is that looking at content, I'm pretty enthusiastic on camera. Like it's so interesting. Like I've never really notice that that's a differentiating fact. I mean, obviously more people are on video now, but people are like, oh my God, you're so entertaining on camera. I'm like, why? Right. And then like, as I'm like learning about it, you know, Michael Port's Steal the Show is a great book on public speaking. And it like talks about, oh yeah, undulating your voice to affect emotion, using your hands to talk. And I'm like, oh, this isn't fake. This is just how I talk yeah, <laughs> all yeah, the yeah. time. And I'm just me all the time that I'm like not concerned with like, being, you know, that it's like, but then learning, I'm like, oh, that's what other people who aren't good at this are doing. So I don't thrive on having a YouTube channel because I had to prove I can be on camera. It's like, I know I can do it. I can do it really well. For me, it turns into like, okay, I want to have a, I'm going to start another podcast and start another uh, show that's not even, not, it's not only fitness. But I, for me, I have to have a hook. I have to have like, I need to have something I really you know, want to jump into. It's not about just doing the show. It's like, okay, here's what I'm going after. Right. And it's then it turns into, okay, I'll do it now. But we're all in it for different journeys. Right. Some people like, like getting on camera, being camera shy, speaking in public. Right. And so I also, I know that my personality can also be a lot uh, for people. And so it's also a way of me tethering it sometimes uh, to get people into, like, hey, I'm not this, I'm not this person all the time. Like, if you see me on the street, I'm like, hey, <laughs> Right, like I'm not, I'm not that person, uh, but it can be. Like I, I like to do it. I want to be that person, um, and so it's about also giving myself and figuring out the boundaries of, you know what? Like I have to make sure that whatever character I choose to put out online, is the person I want to be every day. It's because that's what's authentic to me, right? I can't put on, and some people have to put on a fake character, right? But for me, I can't. It has to be the person I wake up every day and do, right? I can't do the, hey guys. Took oh. a huge poop this morning because I ate 47 <laughs> grams of fiber last night for dinner. You should eat fiber, right? Like if I did that, like people who follow, like I would hope you go, oh my God, he's being a douche and making fun of those people, right? But like, and I get some people like that style of content. Some people enjoy it. People, that's how people, clearly people like it. It's just so not me. And so right now it's also been a lot about me figuring out how do I want to show up in this space? What style of content do I want to deliver that matches my personality that allows me to be authentically me? Cause I think that is part of myself is part of like, shit, this mother effort is like really into it. Right. Because, and I've, I've recently been asking people, you know, a couple of my partners and people I've really spent a lot of time with, 
what do I think, what they thought made me effective in what we did. And the thing that's honestly come back a couple times with people has been, yeah, but when you talk to someone, you, you make them feel like you care about what they have to say. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Because I also, if I'm going to sit and talk, if I want to spend time, it's going to be either we're going to have something we can keep going with or we don't. Right. And either I want to learn that on the front end. Right. Like I'm usually if I'm in a big room or something, I might throw a kind of a weird offset joke out because I want to see how people react. I'm like, man, if you can't laugh at a dorky joke like that, like if I have to or if I have to cover myself and send an F-bomb all the time, like we ain't going to hang out all the time. Right. That's too much work for me. Right. So it's about me gauging it. But for me, it's about how quick can we connect and, and move forward. So, yeah, even online, I want to make sure I continually show up super authentic because I think that's something that people gravitate towards me with. Um, and so part of this is me figuring out my thought process and um, even creatively deciding what my time looks like because working, I left the commission for your life world in 2014 from 24 hour fitness and you know being in my own facility or being at industrial strength uh, in Portland to moving to Austin. I saw, you know, I was a salary employee, right? So no longer getting bonuses for work. I mean, like, that was the tough part about even going to, on it in the beginning was like, oh man, I don't even get work bonuses per performance. Like, okay, right? Like it is what it is. That that was tough. And so then now it's like, oh yeah, I if I want to wake up today and go for a walk, read a book, be in a podcast, that's me. I can do that today. I have to accept I didn't get that done. I have to accept if I don't make money. I have to accept this other thing didn't get done. And the inevitable world of that self-discipline balance really has to come into play between, yep, there's a creative process to being an entrepreneur and a sit the fuck down, shut up, do the thing, right? Just like, get up, you know, you know, like, I don't want to edit this episode, right? And, and just doing it. And so there is that. And so for me, I battle that too, because I've been working with someone else. And for me, I haven't, I don't come from a history of being a task-oriented worker. Right. I come from training people. All I got to do is meet people. Shit. I could pull someone out of a, a basketball game. Hey, I mean, I'm at the bar. Cool. You're going to come train with me tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. Yep. Okay. Cool. Right. That was me. Biz dev world of on it. Like all I'm doing is shaking hand and kissing babies. Right. Kind of thing. And I have Sayla with me who's great at the follow up and doing all the organizational, getting events set up. Like, oh my God. <laughs> right. And she balanced me out. But there's things I do that she doesn't do well. And there's things that she does well that I don't do well. And I've, I'm such a teams person. I'm such a like, I know undoubtedly what I do well. And I know undoubtedly what I don't do well. Uh, I got told one time uh, that my ego was really big and it like, oh man, it triggered me hard. And I'm so thankful I've been going on this personal development journey because I was able to like, they're not in a good spot. Let it be. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Right. Like it was like, cause the old me would have been like, you want to play fire? You want to come at me? Let's go. Right. Like you have this attitude because you feel you, whatever. Right. And so it was such a unique time to like have to go through that because I'm like, no, I, I know I'm good here, but I know I'm so not good there. I'm not even trying to fake it. I'm not even trying to pretend to be a graphic designer. <laughs> like what? What? No. Right. Because the skills I would need to even be good is so like that person can do it in their sleep better than I can do it with at the best level I even care to do it. So for me, with the networking, it's part of my strategy with networking is always, shit, that's not what I do. Go to them. Oh, yeah. And not only are they them, but like the best person, right? Like, 
And I think that's really powerful because sometimes you aren't the solution provider for everything. So if you can't provide value to someone, well, how can you provide value to them? By introducing them to someone that can provide value, right? Remember a strength coach at MLB team was like, oh man, do you know a therapist in LA I need? Uh, it's like, yeah, man, here you go. Uh, I'm like, here's Dr. Mark Chang. He's like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, man. Well, if I want to connect you with someone, I'm connect you with someone good, right? Like he was like, bro, I'm like, sorry, right? Like that's what, cause I wanted like, like my network and I, 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 I've had people approach me like, hey, can you just shout this out to your people? I'm like, no, man, that's not how this works. This only works because this person is thought outfully more gonna be a valuable person for you. It's not because he's a graphic designer and you need graphic design work. It's because I think your personalities are gonna match. I think your skills, your I think everything out, right? Like, cause I just am good with assessing people. So now it's like, for me, it's how do I string this all together? Because right now I have to be at the one man show and I can't just go do the part I naturally wanna to gravitate towards. So I'm fighting myself consistently doing the things I'm not good at. Even one thing I found with productivity has been really valuable for me is even not trying to hammer at home, not trying to be, and I forget the name of the method this is called, but um, this is a 25 minute timer uh, and uh, sit down, do the thing for 25 minutes and take a five minute break and walk away or giving yourself permission to not keep hammering on the thing. When I don't feel like, oh my gosh, like you're jamming on a blog post and then like your brain stops. And instead of beating like a dead horse for a minute, trying to get one more sentence out and like frying yourself, get up, go for a walk. And just like in training, if you're in fitness, changing activities is a form of rest. If I switch you from lower body to upper body, I don't need to worry about that same resting. And so it's like, oh, okay. I can either switch from articles, content, context, right? And so the downfall for me is I get too idea happy and like that changing gears is like, I'll just work on this project. So I'm like, oh, I have this and like, and so I get too many things going at once. So I'm working really hard right now, like just making sure I get the Be Less Unfit program done, uh, which is going to be my 12-week single purchase uh, fitness program. That's habit teaching you how to like not go into fitness with I'm trying to be paleo and like be perfect. It's like, hey, today your goal is to drink an extra glass of water. Tomorrow your goal is to drink eat an extra vegetable. Hey, there's a couple of days of workouts here, and teaching you how to work out, teaching people how to look at workouts like a trainer would, where I train people on the fly. That it's like, oh yeah, I don't have time to like, they're not here for me to do an FMS on them and do all the thing. They're on it to have a dope ass on it experience. But like, I'm in, got a coach with integrity. I need to know what's working for them. So I need to be able to move them in a way that keeps them safe, you know, so I can do it on the fly. Like, oh yeah, we're not going to do overhead pressing because your overhead mobility sucks, but I can put you on a half kneeling position with an, you know, half kneeling landmine and you're going to feel like you're putting effort in. Right. And like, oh man, that was so, and you're like, great. Right. But to be able to do that on the fly takes, oh yeah. Not everybody does that. You know, my podcast editor, Ryan Giles, who uh, does Aubrey's and JP Sears, and uh, he looked at me and I was staying at his house in, uh, this year in uh, Austin. And he goes to the gym at night with his brother to go work out when his, their kids go to sleep. And he looked at me and he says, bro, how do you know what to do when you walk in the gym? And Brian, Brian, Ryan, I mean, you think about he's he's in every single Aubrey Marcus and Audit podcast for the last three years. Listen, he's, learned, he's heard some stuff about fitness. And it was like, oh, how can I in five minutes give you enough information to go to Planet Fitness and get great workouts, right? And so it was like, okay, how do I teach people how to improve their fitness, right? So that way, okay, I like to work out, but I'm not trying to be the next men's health cover, women's health cover, but I'm also not trying to like not know what I'm doing, right? And I get bored over here. So, you know, finally putting something out on behalf of me, I, it wasn't sure if I was trying to do it. Uh, if I wanted to do the fitness thing, full core, hardcore, like I'm not trying to run challenges and things like that, but 
it was also, hey man, like you have something to share. You have information to share. You can't sit here and over here say, I should be respected for all the things you've gone out and done, right? I've, I, I have all this knowledge. I teach coaches, I uh, take workshops and then not share it. And so it's like, okay, I need to have something, but I want to do something that works for me, that, that is in line with me, right? And, and so getting that done. And that's even like the webinar is like, I don't know if I want to do fitness business coaching, but let me put something out because I do really like, you know, I do want to, uh, I'm going to be taking on some consulting contracts with some different companies uh, just because I like playing in the big business space and, and having that. And there's, shit, give me a piece of Peloton, right? <laughs> right? Like, give me a piece of that coming in, uh, whatever new thing is coming out. And like, if I want to play there. And so for me, it becomes, how do I make, how do I make my time finally for me? And so the journey I'm in now is you've been pressing the career pedal down really, really hard, you know, traveling and doing the thing to where I'm not saying the world of entrepreneurship is less of a gas pedal, but how can I make it so that way I can not trade time for dollars and have something up and running. So the goal is to get something up and running and that way and everything else I choose to pursue is purely out of choice. And I can get myself to a point where I can get in a rhythm and I'm still working on this. I'm not there yet to where I would like to be someone that gets up at like five and is done by three and like, cool, let's go to happy hour. Let's go to this. Let's go hang out. Let's go on a hike because I'm very much, uh, I'm not where I want to be. Put my head down and work. You want to sit and bitch about where you're not going to be? Well, stop effing off and going on vacations. Put your head down and work, right? That's very much me. And I have to get better about setting boundaries with it because it affects my sleep and stress levels and everything else. So it's, you can't fight it all and you just kind of have to find a solution. I know it's a really long answer to your question. Uh, how, to, how to figure out how your own brain works and be successful, right? But we have to acknowledge like, here's where I'm not good at. I am not good at project management right? I dream of the day of being able to hire someone that's like, yeah, I have no desire to do all the things, but I'm really good at organizing and putting it together and making it easy. I'm like, oh my God, I love you. <laughs> right? Like, be mine, right? Work-wise, right? I don't care, right? But like, that's because I'm a teams person. Like, if I can do that part where I can 100% be me every day. And so having had teams and having people that work for you, you also have to acknowledge that it's not about what's in your head. It's about making sure they understand it. So I'm trying to build my systems up now for myself that make it easy for, so for me to understand how I work so I can tell whoever I inevitably bring in to help me, this is the best way my brain works to think and how I'm going to be best able to workflow because their job is to work with me, not me work to them, right? Not that we don't meet each other where they're at, but like that's the game. And that that's on like a big picture. That's what I'm working towards is to get all those things lined up together. I'm okay with going a little slower and beating my head against the wall a little bit longer. I could execute faster and put out something fast right now. Um, but you know, for me, it's like, I, and I get into analysis paralysis. I won't ignore that and say, you know, because I've done it for, Oh, well, there's a hundred thousand dollars in the line because of this. Pro like we got to make sure it's more perfect, but I also didn't have to be the full person that did everything. Right. But I've also, your name goes on the perfect version. So you're like, Oh, it should look like this. And when your video talents don't look like professional video talents, you're like, Oh, man, that's really tough. Or even what do people want to hear? I don't know. Cause I get caught up feeling like, man, I hear the same lessons all the time. Cause I love hearing what Pete Dupuis says about stuff. And Eric says about this and John says about this. And so it's like, do I want to share that? Right? Like I still get caught up, not because I don't have confidence in my own talents or what I've done, but it's like, I, I don't even market myself as a kettlebell expert. And I've taught workshops in more places and I've taught more workshops. Than most coaches will coach sessions in prestigious places. 
And I don't qualify as an expert. I just qualify as I'm good enough to be where I'm here. Right. So then it's like, oh, is that really what is that what I'm signing up for? Am I signing up to be that? And it's like, so I get too much analysis process of that. And it becomes like, sit down, shut the F up, do the thing. Um, but here we are. It's part of that process. And I think, as you know, doing it, um, if you don't go through it and own it and take ownership of the process and just like accept it as it comes, you're always going to be fighting something anyway. So you just, here it is. Go through it. Get it done. Keep moving forward. Hurry up and fail. I love it. I mean, like you're so fired up and passionate and like, I don't have to even prompt you. Like you just go the trajectory of the direction that I want you to go with the questions. I was like, oh, I'm going to ask him next. And then you answered it just like you were reading my mind. Um, yeah. Something that really got my attention and it's something that I like, I'll give you some context. So over the last few yeah. months, I've been doing a mentorship with compound performance with Kyle Dobbs and Matt Domney. And I found it very helpful because I am cool. a procrastinator. I make lists. I think about things. I, I, um, I can be my own worst enemy because I'll want to perfect something and I won't make that next step. I'll have all these ideas. I'll have the plan. I'll know exactly what I have to implement to do them. But sometimes I need a timeline. And so then bringing it to what you told me about and a little bit of uh, just my creeping on your, your uh, Instagram, like mm -hmm. you gave that post about Peloton. I can tell you're going in the direction you talked about. Give me a piece of Peloton. Um, so to give you context to why I told you about my mentorship is I got put on the spot and it was like, dude, what are you going to do on Monday to bring yourself closer to your goal? And so I want to put this on the internet to give you a piece of accountability, a little bit of a like draws you into your momentum to hold you accountable. What are you going to do on Monday to get a big piece of Peloton? What are, What's your pitch for Peloton, it's going to be on a podcast now. Well, uh, I have a <laughs> uh, funny thing is uh, using them as an example because it was easy uh, going after someone else uh, inevitably um, or, or we're already in discussions. But if I was looking at it, if, if to, for the context of what you're asking is I would look at, OK, let's first assess what values and experiences do I have in my career that may get me noticed by Peloton? Right. Sure. Today was that was an easy one because it was fun. It was engaging. It shows a little bit of my personality. And maybe a few people from Peloton might see it. Do you guys see this, dude? Kind of funny. Right. Oh, but they don't know anything about me. Right. Until like, oh, a couple people followed me from Peloton HQ. Right. Let's see if anybody from LinkedIn finds me. Right. Let's see if anybody finds. Oh, because there's a trail. Right. You know, it wasn't hard to find any information about me. Right. You figure out my name. There's a rabbit hole. And so uh, I would look at and say, OK, I also have to assess what do I, where do I think they're going and how do I think I can help, right? That post wasn't about me providing a solution at all in terms of that. If I was looking at, if I was like trying to get a piece or maybe I was trying to like not do my own thing and go work for Peloton, A, I'd be starting to kind of surf through LinkedIn, starting to find out, okay, who's there, right? Who do I know? And first, the first move is who do I know that has anybody in con common, right? That I think might actually have a real relationship, not a we're disconnected to where can I get an in-person intro anywhere, right? Because yeah, Sam Pogue comes through on LinkedIn with a, hey, you wanna connect? Uh, I'm a brand strategist that does this. Oh, this mother effer's trying to sell me something. He's gonna have some, I help middle blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right? Versus, oh, my homie who's the creative director Beats by Dre, hey, this is like my little brother. You should talk to him. It's a very different conversation now, isn't it? That's step one, let's see if you can get there. Then the conversation comes in. Let's say you get some time with someone. Well, 
the heart, okay, let me give it to context here. When you're young in your career, you're always, you're hungry. You're asking the person they've experienced, how can I help you? How can I help you? How can I help you? Right? It's a good thing you're hungry. You're trying to show them you want something. The hard part is when you're on the other end of that is, oh my God, I, there's not a question I need help. It's what I need help with. I have to teach you how to do to help me. I'm looking for a turnkey solution that can help me today that I didn't even know I needed help. There was a blind spot or that's so easy. It doesn't make sense for me not to install it. Okay. So you earn that time with whoever you're talking to, whatever level, right? And you might have to start at customer service and see if you can get them to move you past. That's okay. You might have to eat it. You guys don't know Sarah Blakely, uh, who started Spanx, right? She's the first billionaire self-made woman. She was a door to door fax copy saleswoman. You want to get to talk about getting told no, do that. When I was getting out of college trying to find a job, I was searching around Craigslist, found these like, we do sports marketing. They're just targeting people who like sports and selling these freaking punch card coupon tickets to golf courses and bullshit, door to door to uh, commercial businesses. I was like, whoa, okay, right? Holy, sh like, but you might have to start from that level. You might be there, that's okay, right? Learn from every conversation, right? Who I get to talk to 12 years in is Sam coming from on it and true coach and this and this and this is going to have different conversations with different people than Sam at 2014 moving to Austin, who is just a young go getter, right? Just hungry and full of ideas. But if I don't have something I can help you tomorrow with, it don't matter. Let's go back to the conversation with John Wolf early. Hey, uh, come on, work on it. Pitch me. I want to travel the world and talk about on it. Nope. Oh, Okay, it inevitably ended up being what I did, isn't it? Yeah. Yep, I got to do that at the end. But first step was, I think I can help trainers develop better businesses. So he had gone, they had about 400 coaches that had gone through the certifications by the time I came on board, 300-ish. Um, and so I was like, well, I don't know anything about these people. I have no idea. I, knew, I didn't even know anything about Onnit, to be honest. So I was like, I just came from phone sales. I called every single person that went through a certification, see if they'd have a call with me. Hey. What'd you like? What'd you not like? What'd you like? What'd you not like? Who are you? What can I do to help you? How'd you, how, here's how you, have you tried this? What'd you do about this? Wow, that was really awesome. Right? No idea who people were. Sometimes some of them became our master coaches. You know, Sarah Jameson, Marcus Martin, right? Like some of them became people we're really good friends with later. But like, it was never about who I think I am. It was like, here's what I think might help. Here's not because I think I'm an expert because here's what worked for me. I'm, I was at 24 hour fitness selling $65 sessions, right? You're on your own building your own, like I try it. And you, you had to come in, like if it wasn't something that made his life easier, it wasn't gonna matter. So if I'm looking at Peloton and say, okay, where do I think their pain point is? To think that they don't have existing people who are A players in positions already is dumb, but to also think a young company also has people who got put into positions they're not ready to be in. So there's gonna be areas that they may not have vision. And so then it turns into like, okay, where do I think they're going? What are they trying to do next? Where's the thing that they're like on the, on the men for that they're getting ready to get slapped in the space with something they weren't ready for. And can I come in and like, Hey, have you thought about this? Not even trying to pitch anything. I'm just like, just something I thought of. Right. And I would come at it from, you know, depending on if I had an intro or not, I would come at it from the angle of, Hey, here's my experience of here's what I noticed consumer habits doing when I was on it. And what happens when we put them through an experiential model, blah, 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 blah. Here's what happens when I saw them at Sure Coach. Here's how I adapted our ad strategy to match our content strategy. 
I'm going to use specific examples of strategies I've personally gone through to see if that might bait the hook and say, oh, wow, what an interesting idea. That might work for us. And then we have a conversation. And you have to read the conversation. You have to read the person because you're going to end up in two situations. You're either going to end up in the situation where it's your turn to talk or it's your turn to listen. And you're going to have to read the person that you're with. Sometimes that person wants to talk, right? As much as I love to talk, I know I'm good at shutting the fuck up when I need to. Uh, and that's a really important skill, right? When you're trying to close someone on a deal, it's not about you talking all the time. It's about them finally saying yes, right? Who likes uncomfortable silence? No one. Nobody. Right? Yeah. And when I was a membership sales guy at 24, you had someone who's like, oh, I want to, my brother, sister's cousin's a trainer. He's going to write my programs for me. Or they've been writing my programs for me. I don't need a trainer if that was their line. How's that going for you? <laughs> well, I mean, like, right? And it's like, you're going to, you just gave me this song and dance about how you're not happy about where your body is at and how you want to dance with your granddaughter at her wedding in six months. And right now you can't even get off the couch on your own merit. You're going to tell me you're going to do the same exact shit you've been doing and you're going to get the same results. Or are you going to tell me you're tired of that song and dance and you're ready to make a change? So true. It's so true. Right? So, but you, the key thing is, is kids right now, I just use kids in general, you have to know where you're coming in at value. Because you have to know where you can make that person's life easier. And that's the same for all of you coaches out there who sell an online product. Anything we buy with our money, we're paying to make our lives easier. Can I grow my own food and hunt my own food? Sure can. I can also walk my ass to Whole Foods. Right? Do I have to uh, hire someone to help me build my website? No. But it's a lot easier than learning HTML myself. Right? We pick and choose. And we have to go through. So we have these experiences. And that means that we have solutions to things that other people don't. And that means when you come into them, you have to be the person that says, hey, I got you. I can help you out, right? Because that person, if we're going to use Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller, I use a great example in the book about Star Wars, about how Luke goes through turmoil and loses his aunt and uncle, and he finds a guide. He finds Obi-Wan Kenobi. Sure, his future is a Jedi, but he's got to find someone to help him get, the, get him there first. Obi-Wan has to show him what the potential of being a Jedi can be. You can't just teach him how to use a lightsaber. What does it mean to be a Jedi? How does it feel? What are you going to have to go through? What else is going on? How do you listen to yourself? Right? Yeah, the solution is use a lightsaber and kill the things. Right? But at the end of it, you know, would he have found lightsabers had he not met that guide? So you, if you're selling a product, you were the guide. Hey, Grandma Betty, I can help you swing dance at your wedding with Grandpa Earl. You're going to be throwing his ass in the air. Right? You're going to be C-stepping. Seawalk, whatever it's called, right? And it's not about deadlifting. It's about, yeah, you should see Grandma Cheryl over there. Homegirl out there is freaking tap dancing, right? And you're like, oh, shit, okay, right? That's a whole different story than like, well, you know, the mechanical stress that we're going to put under your femur, under load, without loading the spine with the deadlift and the horizontal plate is like, I, you know, I'm just rattling shit off. But it's like, that's not what she gives a shit about, right? So you have to remember, if, you're pitch if I'm pitching Peloton, well, I don't know real quick if it falls in deaf ears because it's going to get ignored, right? So what you pitch, maybe the pitch has to get attention through the email. 
hi, sir, ma'am. This is who I am. This is what I've done. This is why I think I might be able to add value to what you're doing. Would you be open to having a conversation? Oh, shit. You're not, not, asking to, not asking for a job, not asking for anything. I just want to see if my ideas hold up. Would that be okay? Would that be a good use of your time? If it's not valuable after 15 minutes, I promise to let you go. Shit, man, how you're making this so easy on me to say no. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. how do you say no to that? Right. And you have to make it to where because there's plenty of people wanting to bark up the tree. I want to help. I want that because they think the cool job is traveling the world. And right. Like, sure, I got to travel the world and talk on it and travel and train athletes and speak at companies. But can you do that job if you're not dynamic in front of people? If you can't do shit on no sleep for weeks on end? If you can't switch from training a workshop in front of a bunch of physical therapists and then standing in front of a room of uh, business executives. Nope. So true. Why do I? Well, because I had this from over here, this experience over here, this experience over here. Right. So going into that conversation to do that, that's the way I would look at it from. Um, For me, I've been kind of playing a careful game because it's really easy for me to set into, oh, here's a job offer. I should just go work there instead of doing my own thing. The hard part for me now is like, stop <laughs> like telling people no is hard right like especially when it's people you really respect and it's like so it's blanket it's like hey you want a job uh, no thank you appreciate it right because i have to be i want to be so dedicated to doing this thing because that's my last for me my personal ambition that's like my last frontier right i'm sure i can make money i did that proven it as a trainer okay great oh here's an opportunity you can make some of that opportunity oh you want to put yourself out there and now you're going to bet your job on shooting content and being in the front of the room as a marketer or a true coach cool oh okay you got acquired dope what's the thing you haven't done you haven't built your own thing up yet right okay great last frontier is okay if i want to really be mentioned in the front of the room and i want to really differentiate it it's like cool i've already had a fitness career that most people will never have and even if they were given the opportunities would they have done the same thing probably not right but now it turns into okay i went and got out different experience than all of you over here now it's time to play the game and show you I can still play it. Yeah, yeah. Right, because I, my ego got caught up before being like, I'd watch someone like take off their Instagram, blow up their podcast, take off. I'm like, mm, really? Like I'm just over here making dick money, watching you get blown up and you're like, maybe I, don't, I, maybe I think you suck, right? Whatever. And it's like, oh, and so I sit here being like, if any of you mother effers out there think I couldn't got off the ride and done the thing you do, you know, done the online channel, like I, I'm built for it. Let's go. But I also was, I had to get the idea of like, you're getting such different experience, things that no one else are getting that now it turns into, now I get to do something different. And, and it gets a little hard because I don't get to watch someone and say, oh, this is what you did. I'm going to follow that. You know, it's a little like, oh, I got to build, like, I don't have somebody to replicate because who's had my career. Right. And so it's like, and so that's my struggle is going through like, I don't get to emulate a whole lot of it. I get to take pieces, right? And um, it's constantly just waking up. You know, for me, it really sucks because while I have a shitload of ambition, like it really sucks sleeping like shit every night, right? Like getting five hours of crappy sleep most nights, like the days I sleep like crap, it's like, oh, okay. So, yeah, you know, it's a struggle versus the days I get good sleep is like, let's go, yeah, right? Yeah. And so it's a, and that's why the sleep thing, that's why I went after it so hard during this was because it's not a lack of wanting to do shit. The only days you don't want to do it is when you wake up like crap. Right. Which is like, I get, I still get something done, but it was like, what happens if you got eight hours of sleep every night? What happened? Right. What happens? And during that time, while it's tough right now, balancing the act of figuring out life of entrepreneurship and working really hard on like counting calories, a deficit, working out, doing all the things is like coming out of this. Like when I know coming out of this period is like, shit, man, 
uh, I'm going to be great with my health. I'm going to be sleeping better. And I went through the battle of figuring out my time and my, you know, working off my values and working off uh, what I want to do. You know what I mean? Uh, and so uh, it's about getting myself set up to where I can pursue things, you know, in a way that allows me to give into them fully. I don't know if that's shoot content one day, write one day, half a day of this, half a day of that, and still playing with that. How much, because I like to be present on camera. I don't like to look at my email before I get on camera if I don't have to, because a bad email ruins a day. Um, but also having the time to like, okay, if I want to do this, this, and this, and this, I have to have time to do this, this, and this, and this, but I still have to make time for my own thing over here. Right. So, uh, it's, it's, I welcome while I, it's not always easy. I welcome the struggle because I have a thing about, I call it making, make tomorrow easier, uh, to where sure. Some days you don't want to write the blog. Some days you don't want to edit the podcast. You don't want to shoot the content. You don't want to write the thing, but I, man, the guilt of like sitting down and watching a movie doing nothing makes me feel like an asshole. And that's worse. Okay. So you also can't fight creativity. You can to an extent. So I call it making tomorrow easier to where it's like, all right, start getting some other shit taken care of. Right. Like get your kitchen clean, clean your bathroom. Um, where that is a procrastination tool. But if I go into it, it was like, all right, dude, just get it done. Right. And then it's like, now you have no excuse, but it's like, well, was cleaning my kitchen instead of watching a movie more productive? Yep, because now I don't have that excuse, right? So, and it, because it trickles down to everything to where at night I like, I have my water bottle set up to where I have a gallon of water ready to go to drink the next day. I set my coffee pot up, so all I gotta do is turn the button on and uh, that way I can like take a shower, do the thing and um, like, okay, all my stuff is ready to go. And that's why I keep the boards up around my house. So it's like, if I got an idea, just, oh, because sometimes it catches. You know, Mel Robbins has a great book called The Five Second Rule. And yeah. she just has the one, two, three, four, five and do it. And it's like, oh my God, I think that's what I'm really good at is that I just make it so easy for me to have an idea and work with it that inevitably gets stuff done. Now it comes down to backtracking and like, okay. Uh, and setting, I'm not a good timeline setter, right? So for me, if I'm answering your question now, it turns into like, okay, Monday, if I'm really moving my needle forward, I'm going to get all my shit organized and set some hard timelines to get some stuff done. Because I have to tell graphic designers when I need stuff done when I need this done. I have to give myself commitments to when I get this done so I can push it out there because personally, like I'm running out of time to like not have a job and money coming in to not, you know, have something out. And it's like, it's good. It's, it's not perfect, but it's good. Get it out. So it's constantly, and for me, I just try to be so aware of it so I can at least intake it and share it. Like, here's what I'm going through. Cause a lot of people like the ability to have this like persona of being loud and dynamic, uh, gives the, you the appearance of this a lot of uh, uh, confidence. And I have a lot of confidence. I'm very confident. I'm very confident in what I know. But I also want it to be very shared that, like, the things I'm not good at, the things I'm not talented in, I still I struggle with too. And I was sharing a, a book I was reading about personal development, and someone made a comment. A buddy of mine was like, oh, man, I'm surprised you share that you read these kind of books. I was like, why? He's like, doesn't it make you kind of a pussy to read that kind of stuff? I was like, I, I mean, I kind of like working on myself, man. I was like... You know, and he's like, it's cool that you do it. because It makes me feel better about doing it because you hang out with pro athletes and do all this cool stuff. And it makes me feel good. That, I'm like, oh, wow. So for me, I'm very, very highly value introspection and self-awareness. And so as I go through this process, I kind of, while it sucks sometimes, like I try to relish in it so I can at least be aware of what so many people are struggling with. That's not, because information's out there. All the information's out there for free. You want to learn how to start a blog, a podcast? It's there. It's free. 
right? As an ebook, as a video, whatever. But what's stopping most people is the excitement from going and pursuing stuff and fearing what it could become. And I just expressed to you that, sure, could that, is that thing going to be the thing? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe that email, the Peloton didn't occur, didn't happen. Nothing happened from it. You got no love. No one responded back to you. But what, did you just learn how to write a pitch email? Is your next one going to be a little bit better? Okay. Peloton's pretty big, like pretty foolish to think that if you're not foolish, that's the wrong way to put it. If you're someone that doesn't have enough experience to come in and say, Hey, I can make an impact. It's probably going to be tough for you to make an impact. Unless you're like, hey, I'll come in and take a bottom level job and work my way in, right? That's a possibility. Or you can come in and say, oh, here's, find where you can add value, right? Let's say you're someone that comes from being a graphic designer and you're looking at a brand, hey, this would be like, so now you have a different insight to share that's not just about the thing you have, you know, so now you can attack that problem, right? Lean into the expertise you do have and try to tether that into the area you're trying to help, right? Here's where I'm really good. I went through, if you're a nutrition coach, oh, I have a really tough experience with uh, my history of food. I've gone through eating disorders, yada, yada, yada. So do you think you're pretty well equipped to help someone that has gone through a similar journey? Probably better prepared than me, right? Doesn't mean I haven't worked with someone who's struggled with it, but someone who's struggled with a lifelong battle with food is going to probably help someone differently than someone who didn't, you know? And so when you present that opportunity, you present that solution, it's like, wow, you know me. You're inside my head. You're thinking about that. And so that's what we have to get to when we start looking at that productivity is, you know, maybe that that event is not the thing, but now it turns into maybe you want to collaborate with that, that peanut butter company you really love. Great. Okay. Peloton emails, sure, didn't go anywhere. Next one up. Try another one. Try another one. Try another one. Try one until it doesn't work, right? And you're only going to get better, right? You're only going to learn things. I'm like, oh, people didn't like that or people responded to this and, and maybe, so maybe you don't end up shooting a bunch of content. Maybe you get a couple contracts and shoot some content for some people. You do some content for someone and you're like, you know what? This isn't really the thing I really like doing, but I really like this part of the process. Great. Go after that part of the process, right? Take that and run with it. Take that and run with it. And, and, you know, I think that falling into the thing that is prevalent to you, that's like, I need to lean into that for a second or it's present, like I have to do it for a second is such a powerful journey because it now puts you in a spot to learn a new skill and maybe that secondary skill becomes your thing or maybe it's just something that like okay at least i know more about it to help me going forward right when i was starting fitness break room i was uh at the barbell shrugged mastermind back when barbell shrugged was they had a mastermind and uh there's what's called the hot seat challenge and so you sit there and you have a 30 minute window to present your greatest challenge and opportunity and everybody there can kind of pitch and prod and poke holes at your shit and aaron hind the uh founder of fit aid grabbed me off the side he said hey bro I don't care what you do with your little personal training, which was going to be a personal training coaching business. He goes, whatever you do, you need to be on video. And I was like, wow, that was a very nice compliment. Yeah, that's really good. I need you sitting on a, on a bike being like, hey, if you're a 24-hour fitness without a client, here's what you should be doing. He's like, that should be you. And I was like, wow, that was a very, that was really, that was, I mean, it was really, and so like that really pushed me into, ended up being a podcast, right? And I went video because like, well, I'm, if I'm going to be in this city with this coach and this gym, like, might as well shoot it, right? And then learning video production got me the job at True Coach. Had I not had the podcast, I wouldn't have got the job at True Coach. And now it's like, well, I'm not an expert in video production. I know a fair amount about it, right? Enough to know what I need to know to talk to a video editor or designer and like enough to shoot my own stuff. But like, I'm not trying to be my, uh, Christopher Nolan, 
<laughs> like I'm not trying to be uh, like I very much appreciate the the craftsmanship of the people's stuff now. My best friend Cody's a video editor, and I'm like, wow, I respect what he does so much more now. Not that I didn't before, but like editing videos is so hard. <laughs> like I called him yesterday. I was like, bro, I need help getting transcripts on a video or, or transcriptions on a video, and he's like, that's the bane of my existence. Here we go. And I'm like, it makes me feel better knowing that you hate it too. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it makes me feel a little bit better that you hate it. So yeah, and part of like. The accountability thing for me is um, just I, I love self-discovery. I love finding where my blind spots at, are at um, because it tells me, okay, either you're going to have to lean into it or figure out a way to get around it or have someone help you with it, right? Because I'm such a big picture thinker. Like if I don't have the all information on the front end, it's really hard for me to operate. But it's, I will say it's a, a, a gift that I'm able to put together the big picture quickly, right? Listen, ascertain, okay. Uh, analyze. Here's what I think. Um, and the ability to having been in so many dynamic environments has given me the ability to do it fast with examples, right? And it's like, oh, like this. And they're like, oh, shit, okay, you're a step ahead. Hold on. And it's like, oh, wow, okay. And to realize, okay, to practice the skills I'm getting better at, right? And just knowing that, because here's the thing, we're on an elevator and we can get off the elevator anytime we want, right? We're just playing that level but you can also keep riding the elevator up, right? It means you're foregoing all the shit below you, but that means that your potential to grow up here is different. The game you get to play is different, right? It's like, okay, sure. Could I have I started a gym back in the day? For sure. Could I have done the online coaching thing and maybe had more of a chill, less travel-y, a little bit more life-friendly life, right? Travel more and do the things? Sure, could have. Or I can sit here and be on podcasts and tell stories of getting to travel the world and do this and teach this and do that, right? Like, it's different. It's what you'd give up. It's what you get to do. So. Figure out the thing that um, you can really leverage and add value and help that turnkey solution and then run with it and then know that you're going to have to learn a lot going forward. Um, and then from that, you can figure out your blind spots. So I know that was really round from your original question, but here we are. It was cool. You did it again. I was going to be like, give me a one sentence challenge for the day and you just did. And so I'll just use that. <laughs> And I want people to know exactly like where to find you. And I want them to know something that you're really proud of that you want to share with the audience today. Wow. Um, well, you can find me. You can go to my website, sampogue.com, uh, Instagram, S-P-O-G-U-E-8-6. Uh, and uh, right now I have Fitness Break Room up with a lot of episodes with past fitness coaches. I haven't actively been putting anything into it. But there's like 60 episodes with coaches around the industry and their stories about how they got to where they are. Um, you know, something I'm really proud of. Uh, you know, honestly, it's the, to be able to go from, you know, I, I operate from this chip on my shoulder, uh, ambitious attitude because I recognize I won really early in life. I will sit here and reflect and think that the other version of the cards I should have been dealt was, sure, maybe I survived being left on the street three months premature and then grow up through the orphanage in Korea. And maybe I'm a 34-year-old man today, but what am I doing? What am I doing with my time? Am I on the street? My, what am I doing? I didn't grow up with a family that got to put me, I got to play every sport I ever asked to play. I didn't get to go to college. I didn't get to have a career and go try to figure out my life and supported with the life 
that was given to me, right? They gave me the opportunity to win. And so I want to pay them back by going and achieving, right? Here's what you can get with an opportunity, a glimmer of hope. Look what you can get, right? When I moved to Boulder, I got to sit here and look at my life differently because shit, man, I got to have an experience that was like, that was better than your childhood dream job, right? Like you're already doing it. Holy crap. This is the world you live in, right? And for me to now look at my life and like, holy shit, you beat your childhood dream job by the time you're 33 years old, 32 years old. And you have arguably the most amazing network of people around the world and drop into every major city in the world and have friends, have a couch to sleep on, places to go hang out. I've got to accomplish cool things, got to tell cool stories. I get invited to do cool things. I get to meet people. That's what I'm really proud of. I'm really proud of that in a world where it's so easy to get bogged down by all the things that we're not or all the things we couldn't do. That just with a little bit of an attitude of like, fuck it, let's go. Right. You can really get what you want. Right. And, and to, I hate to see it sound so cliche, but like, you know, our parents pushed that message and we are kids for a long time. If you believe it, you can go do it. I know not everybody's parents did that, but that was the general message of the boomers to this, this age group. And now look at the things we've produced from that, right? Is this like all these amazing products and apps and these things that we would have never thought possible, right? Our parents saw the TV come into existence from a box that's a four inch black and white picture to a 70 inch thing you hang on your wall that's three pounds that shows you a 3D picture that tickles you when you have a cool thing, right? <laughs> like it's, oh, to the, oh, I can only look up things in the library and in, in, in an encyclopedia that someone maybe wrote down to, oh, the world of YouTube has everything, right? So to be in this spot to where I've had, you know, it's been very, I feel so honored and blessed when people tell me I'm inspiring or uh, it's so like that I inspire them to be better. I help them or whatever it is, right? Like it's very honoring to me because I've had so many people that have touched my life. It's like, holy shit, I wouldn't be here without them. Like it, I couldn't have gotten here without these moments in my life. And I know that so many people get stuck from taking that step because they're scared that it's scared. It may not have, I don't know, you know? And I hope that if anything, even if we never meet in person, even if you don't follow what I do in my career and whatever, the moment that we share that you hear this, whatever is something that is like, man, let it fly, send it, let's go, try it. You wanna have that blog? You wanna have that travel blog and live a life? Do it. You wanna do this with your family? Do it. You think this is possible? Because right now the internet makes that possible. Right. My parents didn't go to college. Right. And my dad worked at a paper mill for 30 something years. My mom was a youth minister. Right. I didn't have contacts coming out of school. I got to go. They put me through college. Right. They helped me pay my bills and do the thing. And then it was like, oh, shit, you don't have a like, you know, we thought that you get out of college, you get a career handed to you. Oh, no career. 2008. There's no jobs. <laughs> go create something. Right. And then it's like, wow, a little bit of like help here and there. Like I didn't it, I had to have help to get there. But like it's like, yeah, let me show you what I can do now. Right? Little kid that you saw growing up loving pro baseball is like, yeah, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm flying to Philly to go hang out with Jake. What? Right? Oh, I'm having Seattle this weekend. Why? I'm having dinner at Earl Thomas's house. What? Right? Like, it's, I feel so blessed with the opportunities I've had. And they're out there for people. It doesn't need to be at the same scale level. It doesn't matter. But whatever version that you want of that, that's there. So that's what I want my story to be is that. You know, for the trainers out there, I'm a weekend cert trainer that does not have a degree, that does not have a CSCS, 
right? I've taught workshops at the NSCA. I've taught workshops at every single Exos performance facility, Eric Cressy's. Not because I can name the most bones in the foot, because I don't, I can't, but because I focused on trying to be me, right? And leaning into whatever version that is and figuring out, okay, here's a dynamic skill set I'm possessed with and I'm given, how can I use that to the best of my ability? And now I got to go pick up the other skills and the rest of it. Let's see what happens, right? So uh, yeah, for me, so the so grateful to not, like, and I, I get really nostalgic about it, right? Like even in Portland, I was there one day and I was walking from 24 to my old apartment. I'm like, holy crap, I've done this walk 5,000 times. And every day thinking like, yeah, sure. Was it cool being a personal trainer? Yeah, it was fun. I liked it. But it's like, this is not what you want for your life. This isn't what, you know, it was uh, safe, you know, but you're, you're 23. It's fine. Right. But it's like, damn, dude, how do you get to go do something cool? How do you feel really fulfilled? How do you get that? Like, where you swag out over your job? Right. And you're like, man, I'm a podcaster. I'm a YouTuber. I'm a this, I'm a that. Like it's part of our identity to where it's like tough. Like being a member, I'm a member of sales guy at 24 hour fitness. You're what? Right. Personal trainer. Okay, cool. Right. Oh, I power lift. Oh, okay, cool. Right. Oh, I'm the director of strategic partnerships on it. Fucking dope. Let's go. Right. Like, uh, uh, wow. Uh, how'd you get there? I don't know. I just showed up. Right. What? Yep. Timing. Literally just, yeah, I'll work that. I'll do that. Yep. I'll do that. I'll be there. I'll do that. Say yes. So the ability to say yes, the ability to go into things, learning the ability to not know, I think going into things blind, right. is kind of a beauty, beautiful gift. Well, I wanted to work in sports. It was not a, I didn't want to go do the ticket sales route. Right. Cause I, I didn't want to be the sales guy. So it was like, okay, I want to work in And so it worked out right. Without having to like, right. You keep, it's a North star. Every time I could leverage my opportunity, my, my job on it to talk to someone in baseball, for sure. You're the strength coach with the Phillies. Oh my gosh. So cool. Oh yeah. I love a baseball. Right. Oh, Jake Arrieta gets shown up to the Philadelphia. He brings me into the clubhouse. Hey guys. Great to see you again. It's so good to see you. Wow. That those couple interactions over the last couple years worked out pretty well to where you let me train him in the clubhouse, right? Like I don't work here. And it's like, oh, because I'm not trying to be a dick about it, right? It was like, oh dude, I'm like, just let me like try to stay out of the way, do the thing, right? And, you know, so I, I, can't, I can't express enough the power of just saying yes to new shit, try it. If something pops up in front of you, hey, do you wanna try this? Sure, why not? Doesn't mean it, it doesn't need to be your thing because you're gonna learn something from it. And then just keep saying yes to shit over and over and over again, trying to help other people out along the way, introduce people to who you meet along the way. Next thing you know, holy shit, you're the linchpin across a lot of people. How'd you meet Sam? How'd you meet Sam? How'd you meet Sam? Oh shit. Okay. This mother effer knows everybody. Holy crap. How'd you, what? Okay. Right. And you can do it from zero. Right. It's like, while I'm naturally have an affinity for the skill set, it's not, you can do it within your industry. Right. You're a gamer, streamer. Great. Get to know people on the gaming, Twitch and stream to play your game. You want to do stand up comedy? Get to know your local comedian scene. You're a podcaster. Who are the podcasters in your local community, in the local area you get together with? Who are the local podcasters that have shows like yours? Right? Who cares? Get to know people. Right? Sure, you may never be on theirs. Don't do the show for show trade bullshit. Just like, hey, you should be on this. This person's got a dope show. You should listen to them. Wow, that was nice. That was cool. Wow. Right? Just do things and see what happens. And I think there's a lot of powerful things that will come from that. That's awesome. And I mean, I'll have to wrap it up, but like, I can't thank you enough for everything that you've imparted on my audience. It's been quite the episode and i think a lot of people will get a lot out of it so thank you so much for joining me appreciate it appreciate the time and letting me rant and hopefully it was hitting all the buttons for the people